Episode 15 of the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast, an interview with Wesley Dean, a very talented videographer here in Virginia, who gives us a sneak peek on how he got his business started. Well, hello there, and welcome to the Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Claremont, and my goal is to help equip you through the personal brand small business startup process by providing you with enough tips and tools in these episodes so that your pivot through the small business startup process goes a lot smoother and you're more profitable quicker. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a like on the platform you're using. You can go to TomClaremont.com for more information on how I can help you with your new startup. Well, hello again. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Small Biz Startup Essentials podcast. Uh, very pleased to have with us today, Wesley Dean. Wesley is a founder of Intermotion Media. He's traveled all around the world doing promotional work for nonprofits. Uh, he's currently based out of Washington, D.C. area, but you can go to wesleydean.co for his podcast in coaching. Uh, and you can go to intermotionmedia.com for video production uh, information. It's wesleydean.co and intermotionmedia.com. I'll put the links in the show notes. Wesley, thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Tom. Exciting to be here. So tell us how you got started in, in this realm of video and video production. How did it all begin for you? So, so for me, it just kind of started with, with something that I, that I loved. I think, you know, growing up, I kind of always gravitated towards, uh, you know, cameras and, and taking pictures. It was something I enjoyed going through, through high school. Um, but in some ways, I just didn't have access to that early technology, you know. So initially, just, just the ability to edit video on a, on a computer, there were certain, you know, technological uh, hoops that you just had to jump through in order to be able to get there. Uh, but then once, you know, I started going through college, I, I had more access to, to video cameras and equipment. And, and I still kind of kept in the photography stage of things, uh, but just gradually gravitated towards video. It was something I found that I just loved doing. And, you know, I love the process of creating something uh, problem solving I feel like I'm a natural problem solver and um, and so I just it was something I just kept doing and then eventually as I was ending the year the end of my of college that phase of life uh, you know I just I had kept doing it as a as a student worker um, and so really when I went in I, I had no plans of going into video at all I was more in the international relations and our cultural studies track uh, but I, I discovered that people would would pay me to do video because I had done enough and it was enough of a demand. Um, and that when it was finally time to to graduate, I just decided, you know, I love doing video. People will pay me for it because it solves them, solves a problem. It produces something tangible that adds value to people's lives. Like, let's just go into it full time. And that was really how how I jumped into the, the video production. You now it's based out of, you know, Western New York. Um, just south of Rochester in Buffalo, there's a lot of small towns in that area. But you know, uh, there was somebody from you know the Buffalo area who paid me for an organization that, to produce a series of videos for them, and, and that was really where I realized people will pay me to do this. This is a great job. Like let's let's keep this up, and that was how I got in. So, how did you decide to do this on your own with your own business as opposed to you know just having it as a, a job for another company? 
Well, part of it was early on, I really wanted to be able to have, I've really valued flexibility. And, and so early on, one of the first jobs that I got was volunteering. Uh, they, there's a school in Ecuador that, that paid me, let me phrase it, they didn't pay me. They basically just said, hey, we'll cover your flight down to Ecuador and you can stay in our dorms uh, in exchange for, for filming these videos for, for about two months. Uh, and to me, that sounded like a, a great deal. Uh, you know, right out of college, you get to, to travel, get to film. Um, it doesn't cost me anything and, and I get to do that. And so that was early on. I had more of a value on those uh, travel experiences, being able to, I knew it was easier to travel early on uh, than, than later in life, which is, I've definitely found to be true. And so I realized if I wanted that flexibility, I couldn't necessarily do that with a full-time job somewhere else. And so it just made sense for me to dive in that way uh, and, and really did, I had a lot of flexibility, especially that first year after uh, school uh, where I was able to then later go on to Rwanda and Uganda, worked with the study abroad program and also filming. And so it really was, I wanted that flexibility that I wouldn't have anywhere else if I was working full time. And so that's where it just made the most sense to, to go on my own and kind of start my own, you know, branded small business. Good. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> um, but you know, just that, that, the pros and cons uh, that other people uh, listening might be going through as well. You know, like, like I, I agree that the freedom and the flexibility, uh, you have more control of what you do and your product and the, the final product, things like that. So, so, you know, I, I, I can relate to that. Did you have any mentors along the way? Anybody that you sort of, um, you know, looked up to, uh, yeah, you know there was there was a filmmaker in during the, that season. I, I spent some time in in Buffalo, and uh, you know there was a guy John Paget, you know who I have still stayed in contact with. Uh, you know he, he's one of the best filmmakers in that area in the Buffalo region. Done a lot of work with cities, and, and he really was a kind of a mentor for me. And that he I learned a lot from him. I had the opportunity to shoot with him on, on multiple occasions. And I, I learned a lot from him then. And then I also, when I was still in school, uh, you know, there's someone, Carrie Brogan, who, who also served as kind of a mentor, you know, relationship in terms of I learned a lot from her. I think going in over the, the next several years, you know, if there was one thing that I, if I were to advise my younger self, though, would actually be to get more of a mentor early on who could help walk through that process. Uh, since then, you know, and moving back, moving to the U.S., being kind of settling down a little bit more. You know, I have taken a number of, of online courses specifically related to like video business and uh, video business and, and video strategy. And those, even though they're not an official mentor form, the content that they're producing, whether it's, you know, Ryan Coral from the Studio Sherpas that produces a lot of, of content for video producers or, or Ben Amos from the Engage Video Marketing School, they have in many ways been kind of mentor figures for me with the online courses they're producing, you know, the, the content that they're putting out. Uh, but that really is one of the biggest things uh, looking back is I would say, you know, find mentor figures earlier on who can really be helpful to you, who can really you know, add value to your life, who can save you the hassles of, of potentially going down the, the wrong path that's just not going to be helpful. So, you know, in some ways, did have some mentors, but would really recommend it to anyone else starting a, a small business. Right, sort of the, well, there's a space for mentors, and then there's sort of a different space for coaching, right? And so, like, a, I see a mentor as somebody who's sort of, you know, at a much higher level that gives sort of, you know, maybe broader advice and on the path that you're going on. And I see coaching as sort of more of a, uh, 
a, a granular sort of, you know, advice that could be offered based on, uh, you know, where you want to go and, and how you want to get there in with the timeline that you have, you know, that's sort of the way I separate them. I don't know about, you know, how it was for you, but, did, but what, you know, I, it sounds like you had both uh, in, in different ways. So. Yeah, I, mean, I would say I probably had more of the in the mentor space, as you've described it, you know, I hadn't thought of it specifically in those terms before. But I would say that, you know, if that was the case, I, I did have some bigger mentors to help with and you have to figure out there's there's different aspects. So in some cases, you're going to have the aspects of running a business. And then they're also having the aspects of, in my case, filming and editing. And so you're not always going to have the same person to be able to do do both. And so that, right. that's the case where you have to figure out ways of identifying whether it's a mentor or a, uh, you know, or a coach who can help you with something specific. Cause you're, you're probably not going to find one mentor who, who is amazing at business and at doing the thing that you want to do when you're running a, a small business. And so you really need different mentors for different things. Right. Yeah, I agree. So, you know, videography is one thing, but what's fascinating to me, and I've seen your work, is how you're able to merge the audio part of it, right? And then the message part of it. <laughs> how did you learn to do that? And it's just, uh, uh, you know, it's like different parts of the brain all have to come together here. You know? yeah, yes, uh, no, it, it is a lot coming together. And, and I think that's where, you know, I've been at this now about 10 years, basically, you know, full time working on it. And and you're right, it is a lot of pieces co coming together. And, you know, you have the, the audio. And so you have to, you have to be good, I think, with with technology it is helpful in terms of a natural problem solver. Uh, because there's there's no shortage of things that can go wrong when you're doing a, a project, whether it's microphone positioning, whether it's, um, you know, a cable or something's not plugged in right. So there's definitely a, a large number of things that can go wrong uh, in that space. And you just have to get good at it by the biggest thing is just practice filming, figure out what works, practice your, 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 your skill. It's a hard skill learning how to film. And then it is, you get more of a softer skill, which is understanding like what makes for a good story. So having a good understanding of a story arc, what makes for an engaging character, uh, what is a, a message that's going to resonate and get to know your audience. And you can kind of get good at this by just practicing, listening, getting a sense for what people connect with, what you connect with, and also paying attention to feeling. So I think that's one of the things that video is really good at it is communicating those feelings that are in some ways are different than just plain text. And, and so that's where you're right. It is a, a lot of specifics. And there's times where I've gone to conferences about story, like listen, read, uh, attended, you know, online workshops and courses, and just to develop one area in particular, whether it's story, whether it's learning how to use, use camera audio, but the biggest thing is just, you know, shoot and edit. I mean, in my case, when it comes to, to editing hours, I'm probably close to seven, 8,000 hours of editing experience. So, you know, getting close to that 10,000 mark, that's kind of considered for, for being really good at something. And, and really it just, it's countless hours. I know the first time I worked on a project in high school, I think I probably spent maybe five hours on it. And I was like, Oh man, I was just ready to be done. I was like, how do people manage to spend more time on anything? Uh, you know, and you just gradually, you know, I, I built up the tolerance and yeah, I could spend a few weeks working on something and 
projects drag on for months. And so it, it is something that, you know, you just build up with practice and, and eventually you just figure out what you gravitate towards and enjoy. Right. But your skills, I, from my perspective here, you have to have both IQ and EQ, right? You've got to know, you know, you've got to be very good at, at the intelligence part of it and, and how to do it. But the emotional side of it with the EQ part, you've got to really blend both of these aspects. So you personally have to have those skills, which I think is is amazing. You, you, you've got to have that message that reaches people. And, and that's not something that, you know, can easily be learned. I think that's probably the way you are as a person. You have those skills ingrained in you. No, well, well, thanks. And, you know, I do agree that, especially that when you're doing more, you know, emotionally compelling stories, you're right, it is about having that that EQ, that, you know, emotional intelligence and IQ uh, to be able to like problem solve and understand things. And so I think that's really the beauty of video is that it brings together a lot of different, you know, aspects. And, and also why a lot of a lot of video projects require uh, teamwork and, and it's hard to do a lot of stuff solo and being able to you know produce some of these projects at higher levels that's why you, the team I mean just look at one film and look at the credits of, of any kind of film and you just they're huge because there's so much that goes into it and sometimes you'll get people who are you know really good at one aspect and, and not another but that's where I think the biggest thing is just understanding what your strengths are and being able to, to live in them and and really practice what you're good at with a high level of self-awareness. Did you ever take a personality test? I have taken a few of them. Um, you know, I am right now, like, you know, I've also done, you know, a mixture of like strengths finders and right. uh, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, Enneagram. And so yeah. I, I do think they're really helpful in terms of tools. I can't remember right off the top with Myers-Briggs. Uh, I did go over it but I'm blanking out right. And I'd have to bring it up to just, refresh. well, I'm not trying to get you to reveal what the results were, but, but I, I just, I just find it fascinating that you can, you can do both, uh, the, you know, like I said, the, the, the video production and the editing and, and run your business and, and give a compelling message. You've got to have both IQ and EQ. That's so, um, you know, it takes a sort of a unique kind of person, I, I think. How, so how, how have you seen things change? since you've started uh, in this realm? I mean, technology changes and social media changes. How is it sort of, how do you sort of adapt to these changes? Yeah, and so when I was starting it, it really was at the start of, some people in the video space will kind of know as like the DSLR revolution, where, which is when video cameras especially could, could finally do, like still photo cameras could finally do video. Mm -hmm. And so, what it meant was that before people would need to have, you know, to get really good looking video would need to spend thousands of dollars on cameras. And now all of a sudden you could get a camera for right now, a thousand dollars, you know, 2000 and get some amazing looking video. And so what we had is there was that early adoption of, of people being able to, to now could finally shoot something that looked good, that, uh, that looked, had a, had a, great look to it and it was no longer reliant on an extremely expensive equipment and so there was that transition i think from everything being out of reach to now everyone can do it so so there was that phase um and so i was kind of one of those early adapters in that space of you know just starting off right when that was happening and and so that kind of gave me a benefit there and that there weren't as many people doing video but i was kind of starting off in, in that space 
and, and but this was about 10, 10 years ago or so. But now as we've kind of gone through it, we kind of have reached a, a, a pendulum where it went from everything had to look nice in order to be credible to now we've kind of gone the other way where now everyone ha- can shoot a great video with even their a phone, a, a mid-level phone that's five years old, that's four years old without having to have the latest and greatest. And so we've kind of gone through a phase of everyone wanting to have something look good to now we're kind of, if you're looking at social media, it's almost more important to have things that feel authentic and, and natural and don't feel too polished. Cause if it's too polished, it can kind of feel like people you're trying to sell something to somebody. And so it has been this very interesting swing of high polish expectations. So now I've been, you know, a lot of people can do stuff on zoom and record and put it out and it adds value because of the content feels authentic and it's actually helpful rather than getting hung up with how does, does everything look perfect? Um, but at the same time, there's still demand for stuff that looks good, that um, that's high quality, that's um, that's polished. But the more important thing is make sure the content is there and looks good. Right, and and I know that uh, um, you know photographers have had uh, the same issues where you know they used to be um, they used to have this space of of you know. I'll, I'll bring my professional equipment to your event and I'll shoot your wedding or a special event or your corporate event. And I would, you know, they'll set up their, um, you know, multiple thousand dollars worth of equipment and, and bring a staff and an assistant, things like that. And, and, and now, uh, you know, it's like, uh, we don't, you know, we'll just use our cell phones, you know, and it's, it's sort of like, um, it, it's sort of, it's it sort of cheapens you know the, the media, I think, you know what I mean, and um, uh, it, it takes the professionalism out of the, the 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 medium, right? And so a professional like you, but a professional like you, you know, um, um, needs to produce a, a professional product and and needs to be paid for your services. You know, are you finding it harder to sort of, um, you know, stay at the same level of expectations with your business nowadays? Well, especially with COVID, I, I think one of the things that has revealed is that even though people can access the tools, you know, they, they might not have necessarily have the eye or understand how to use it or, or be as quick at, as editing. And so honestly, I have done with COVID, I have done a lot less filming, but I'm also have been doing producing a lot of content, you know, Zoom recordings. And uh, but the things that people will, will, will trust and, and feel comfortable with is my eyes. So now instead of me positioning my camera, I'm, I'm talking with somebody who's at their home studio on their laptop and saying, hey, can you open your window? Can you close it? Can you move that plant in the background? Uh, can you adjust your audio settings? And then I go through and compile and edit everything. I'll, I'll adjust the audio, tweak it, mix in like slides if it's an online course. And so things have changed, but when you, I think that's where when you develop a skill set, you can translate it and you do have to pivot. And so I have definitely had to pivot, figure out what that looks like. Um, and it's not doesn't look the same as it did last year. But there, when you have a skill set, when you work hard, when you understand the concepts of story, you know how to write, how to communicate, you can still do those. But it just does require pivoting what you do and how you offer it. 
Right, and you brought up a good point about online courses. There's definitely more of a demand for, for creating those and producing those. And, and it's, uh, it's good to know that you can uh, you know, be part of that process as well. So what would your advice be to someone that has uh, aspirations to being in the, the video creation, videographer sort of realm and having their own business? What, what, what advice would you give them? So I would say the, the biggest thing is you have to be able to develop a proof of concept and, and show your work. And so because people will look at your work uh, first, so they don't want to know, hey, how how good can you talk? How good can you communicate? They want to look at their work, your work, and then say, hey, I want you to do that that you did over there and do it for me. And so it's kind of hard to expect that people will pay you to do something that you've never done before. And so the biggest thing I say is – no, you need to be doing the work that you want to be paid to be doing and, and doing it regardless of whether anyone is paying you to do it. And that is, especially in this industry, the, the biggest thing. So if you want to be paid to do weddings or shoot, whether it's photography or, or video, you need to be able to do that, be able to show some samples. So that way then people can point at something and say, do that for me. And whether it's getting a presence online, social media or a website, you know, Whatever it is, get your work out there because your work is going to go before you if you're in that uh, visual space. Have a portfolio sort of built up to, to show Ab people. Ab absolutely. And I mean, there's times where, you know, I had, I had seen a, a video that a guy did when he was in high school, but I liked how it looked. I thought it was clean. And then it led to the point where I, I reached out to him, you know, three, three years later because um, I had seen the video that he produced kind of as a kid and you know, it's like, hey, I, I saw your video. I know you can shoot. Uh, are you interested in an internship? And, and I pretty much gave him an internship and not having had a conversation with him because of the one video that he had done already. And um, I had been impressed with it and knew that, hey, he, he had what it took. He had a good eye and that he could he could make it happen. So having uh, that portfolio in advance to show people, is that how you acquired your first client? Absolutely. I mean, I was already shooting and doing work and um, someone was asking for referrals and they said, hey, they asked the the people at, at the school, do you know of anyone who shoots and then or who can produce videos? And they gave them my name because I had already been producing those videos uh, for them, you know, as a student worker. But I already had those samples that they could point to and say, yes, he has done good work. I've seen it. No, no one's going to recommend you if you haven't actually produced anything. Right. Got it. So. Uh what was a what was the biggest obstacle for you to sort of get your your, your feet solid on the ground in, in 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 your business? I mean, I think the the biggest thing is it does take a little while to to build up your kind of clients and and build up that trust. Video it is kind of a longer sales it can be a longer timeline, especially if you're working with organizations with businesses. You know, they don't always – some of these things can happen in cycles. It's not like going out and saying, hey, do I want a new pair of shoes? You go online, look for a little bit, and then buy it. With video, at times can be months-long processes. Sometimes, you know, people know you do work, and they don't actually need a video until next year. And so it, it took a while to kind of build up some of those relationships uh, over time and learn what cycles look like for, for when people need videos, especially when you kind of get in the higher end space. And, and so I think that's the biggest thing is making sure you could kind of get in it for, for a long enough period of time uh, to, to kind of build up some of that work. 
And, uh, you know, I think that the biggest thing I would say is uh, try to find when you're building things up, find a way of keeping your overhead low. And so ideal if possible is don't because it'll be a lot easier if you just have lower overhead uh, because you can just wait things out. You don't have to worry about, oh, I have to land all this work right away because uh, it will come as you just get better, as you build up clientele, as, as you get more experience. But my biggest advice is, is keep your overhead and expenses as low as possible when you're starting off. Uh, so that way, as you build things up, you know, eventually you can grow with it, but you don't have to, uh, you know, scale rapidly with all this investment. Because I, I have heard of people who will, hey, we're going to scale this. You know, they try to grow big, go fast and spend all these expenses. And, and it's hard for things to keep up because it can be a slow build. And so I think that's the biggest you know, challenge is, is kind of managing those expectations of taking care of yourself while at the same time growing a company and, and figuring out the speed at rate to do that that works for you and allows you to grow is probably one of the biggest challenges. Well, great advice, Wesley. Um, I really appreciate your time with us today. Um, once again, how can somebody get a hold of you? Yeah, so they can, if they want to get a hold of me personally, they can go to wesleydean.co. That's where I, you can fill out a form if you're interested in any kind of coaching. If you uh, want to learn, like check out the podcast that I'm producing, No Fat Cats, uh, you can go there. You can also, if you're looking at the video work we've done, it's intermotionmedia.com where you can check out our video production if you need help with creating a strategy. A lot of people have a harder time figuring out what they should be doing from a video strategy point of view. And, uh, you know, they can go on there and, and check it out. Great. Uh, folks, really go to go to Wesley's website and uh, check out his portfolio. Excellent work, top notch, very professional, very moving, very engaging. I, I highly recommend it. Wesley, thanks for your time today. Thanks so, Tom. It was, it was uh, just great being on the podcast. That's our episode for today. Thanks for listening. Please let me know what you think of today's episode and your thoughts on the topic. Please give us a like in Apple iTunes or whichever app you're using. It helps us out a lot. Again, for more information about how I can help you through the small business startup process, please go to TomClaremont.com. There you'll find a free download called The 7 P's to Profitability. It addresses the issues and the elements you'll need to have a profitable personal brand business.